for unfortunately for Aspinall, <laughs> he's going to have to kind of like go backwards in his mind a little bit because I'm sure in his head he's got John Jones, he's got Steven Miocic, these monster names. You got the goat of the heavyweight division in most people's eyes, and and, and the goat of MMA, probably. and then you got the goat of MMA and John Jones. These are two big money maker fights for him and huge for his legacy. And guess what? He ain't getting neither one of them. He was, he, was he, he just was able to look at it. So this interim belt, John Jones makes it, he has a good point, man. What is what is this? What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps. It is a new year, and I can't believe who is here. I got someone who never has any fear, the one and only Chris Wyman. Mm, I didn't have nothing else to talk about. Now I feel like that. I'm going to shed a tear. <laughs> That's how you finish it. Mm, bars, mm, baby, yeah, bars. Listen, I'm, it's a pleasure to be on this set. It's This is a high-end production you have set up here in your Thank house. You. This Thank is you. high no, level. this is my house. This is a studio. This is a studio. Yeah. This is a studio. And... Um, it really is nice to see. It's inspi- it's by- inspiring. You know, you're like a little brother to me, and it's like you still <laughs> inspire me every day. Yeah, that's good. That's good well, to hang hear. Hanging out with you, man. It's a, it's an inspiration, man. I, th- I appreciate it. <laughs> I can never tell if he's breaking my balls. Well, you know I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, you can't give a compliment like hardcore yeah. like that. You gotta have to like backhand it a little bit, otherwise it gets awkward. A little bit, a little yeah, bit. So I had to bust your balls a little bit. Um, so I actually I did Chris's show a while back. Now. We were, you were supposed to actually come on my show like a while ago. I just didn't feel like I had anything really. Um, but this is actually better to have you here yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. You've never asked me to be on your show. That's why I've never been on your show. That's that's true. But I, You don't think I'm good content? No. Nah, I just don't want to feel like I'm interviewing someone. Yeah. You know, Because I feel like when I came on yours, it was more like an interview style, like well, the way most people do Well, I was do doing it. a radio show. Yes. I was yeah. on Sirius XM, just so people know, which is not happening anymore. But I oh, that's hear- done. Yeah, that's done. So uh, I was doing a year with them where it was an hour segment, but it was broken up into four different parts. So the first part would be me talking, you know, for 15 minutes. The next part would be bringing in Aljo. The next part would be me bringing in Gaethje. And then the last would be me with my final thoughts. Okay. Uh, okay. But it was, I had short time with the guests. So it had to be like, I got to ask them questions. It wasn't conversational where you could kind of just BS like this because yeah. it was short. Yeah, you know, like fifteen minutes per person. And and that's I think that's the difference because uh, sometimes people ask me like, "Yo, when I'm gonna come on the show?" I'm like, "Yo, I don't know if you want to come on the show because it's like it's not. A, I'm not doing an interview. Like I'm yeah. breaking down fights. I I want to analyze the fights. That's what I want to do. I want to yeah. talk shit, but talk shit about the fights. You know, I think that's way more fun. They kind of just ask them about like the daily. So how do you feel about this training camp? What do you think you're gonna do different? Yeah. Like, I, like that's cool, but I don't want to be one of the guys who's doing that with everyone else. And then me. what you got to do when you have a short time like that, you need numbers, you gotta right? Rush. So you got to have to ask them the questions. Like, to, to get good questions out of – to get good answers out of people, I think it takes some rapport building, right? Yeah. Like, you don't just jump in and ask some questions that they don't really want to answer unless you kind of build a rapport with them. But when you have a 15-minute segment to do that, you kind of have to ask those uncomfortable questions because you need those answers, those answers to be able to put it out on the social media to get people to watch your show. Yes. It's kind of so like kinda Cat awkward. Williams. It's like you're taking advantage of him a little bit. It's, it's, like, it's like Cat Williams. You got to oil him up a little bit. Yeah. You got to be diddy at When did he want to play? He want to play. You got to tell him no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I watched some of it, man. I didn't, get, I, didn't, I didn't even see that part yet. Yeah, it's hilarious, bro. When you get to it, it's just Cat Williams, and he's just doing this the whole time. He's so funny. But you know what he's I see? Like, did he like to play? Tell you what. But sometimes it got to tell you him. You know what I took out of that interview, and I haven't seen it all yet, is how smart that dude is. Yeah. He is a brilliant dude. 
So here, 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 here I really think he's high level, high IQ, very smart, with good intentions. I agree. Morally strong. I uh, agree. I like this guy. So my friends and I were going back and forth if he's a hater or not. And if he's a hater of hating on someone that's trying to come up in the black community. So I was just kind of like, I get what you're saying, but it's hard for me to call him a hater when he has, I felt like, I, like I don't know any direct people he's pulled up, but I feel like he gives a lot of props and he's very positive in his outlook and approach to a lot of people. It's just, I feel if it's someone he just doesn't like. So here it is, here it is, the, the craft. How many people do we know that come into our sport and if they kind of get like an easier road to a championship, um, you feel like everything is being given to them when you work your butt off, you don't get the recognition that you probably deserve because you're not doing certain amount of things that said boss or the gatekeeper who has the openings for you to get into those positions with the easier fights. It's a little bit different, but in terms of entertainment, it's kind of similar. Mm -hmm. Like we kind of low key hate on those people too. And that's, that's what, pretty much what I was trying to tell them. Like I get where cat's coming from. Yeah. He could just take the high road, but I think if he sees somebody coming in who never sold out a show per him, never sold out a show and now they're headlining and they have a movie and all these other things, you're kind of looking at it like, yeah, I'm a little salty. You got all that. Like I'm here. I'm funny too. I'm over here grinding. I'm actually selling out shows. Why? Why I didn't get this opportunity? So I don't know. Per I don't say, think. I don't think he's hating at all because he's already done everything. I think he's bigger than them all. He is one of the kings of comedy forever. Like I agree, and I and I think when he sees someone doing it, <clears throat> not the way he thinks a champion should be brought up and become a champion. Yeah. He's just going to be honest about it. I don't think he's throwing salt on their name like I'm like he doesn't want them to be successful. He's just kind of calling a spade a spade. Yeah. I think he's just being honest. It, it, I don't think it's hating because he doesn't want to tear that guy down and bring himself up. He's cool with everybody coming up, but he's just being honest about, hey, this dude's acting like he's something that he's not and he's going to call him out on it. Yeah, he was just saying some he was saying some stuff like he's funny in real life, this other guy is not. Um and I, yeah, I get what he was saying. It's just, it's tough. But to also go back, because I, I don't know if I watched more of it than you or not, but he, he does say, like, he, he brings up a lot of people. He, he's, I think he's blessed a lot of people. And I think even on the road, he does a lot of black women is what he brings with him because he feels like it's the hardest for them to make money. And so I think he actually mentioned that on the show. Women in general, but I also think black women. Well, there was that one girl, Tiffany Haddish, where he was kind of saying she's not funny at all and was kind of roasting her a little bit. And I don't think it was wrong. I just think, like you said, I think he's just calling it what it is. But at the same time, I respect Kevin Hart because he elevated her and gave her a platform when she necessarily didn't have like those opportunities. I don't know exactly like verbatim what their career choices were looking like, but Kevin Hart did a lot for a lot of people. What did he say? What did he say about Kevin Hart? I, I didn't see that part. So there's a timeline. My boy sent me an article. You actually know him, um, Tope. To okay. He sent me an article. And uh, it shows the timeline of Cat Williams kind of saying some stuff a couple of different times in different years. And uh, Kevin Hart didn't really respond. And then when he did, he kind of apologized. Um, Cat Williams apologized. And then he said whatever he did. And then he attacked Tiffany Haddish. And then when he attacked her, Kevin jumped to her defense on The Breakfast Club. And then it started the beef all over again. And then he what had What was he saying? What, do we know what he actually said about Kevin Hart? I wish I could just pull this article okay. up right now. All but right, so you, you don't really know, but you just knew. Like it, off the, I, I read he, the article. He came at him a little bit. He no. came at him a little yeah. bit, but I don't think it was anything like super malicious. It was just like, I think he was just saying like, "Yo, man, you just you're just not me." Yeah. And I can understand that. 
It's just like if when people talk like I hate having to use this guy's name because they just think oh he's still salty. I'm like dude, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna, I make my money. I don't care. But when you talk about someone who's gotten to a chance to fight for a championship, and on their resume they fought no in the top five, or maybe one in the top five. When I had to fight three top five people, I had to go on a crazy win streak in order to get to a title championship. And even then, it still wasn't enough. If the guys I beat didn't beat these other guys where it made me the common winner, you know, common opponents, I wouldn't have gotten the title shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, Corey Sanhagen beat Marlon Marais. Corey Sanhagen beat Frankie Yeager. And uh, there was one other guy I think he beat where it kind of removed all, all challengers. Where it's just, well... You got to go with the guy that's still there because yeah, he just yeah, yeah. beat this guy in two minutes. It's like you can't go with the other guy. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then the guy's coming off. So I just look at resumes because I'm a purist. I I like the that aspect of merit. Like, man, you come in and you beat a killer's role. Like, I respect that way more than someone who comes in and you only have to win one time and then you get a shot. Yeah. Like, it's still hard to do. Like, I still credit that. But it's just how much harder is it to roll the dice against a killer's role of tough dudes and get a shot versus someone who kind of comes in. So I, I get that relatability in yeah. that sense. Is I'm, I'm a purist at heart too, but I've been around the game long enough to know is that you have no control over anybody's destiny and Zero. how they're going to get to the top and what they do to get there. And so I think it only hurts you, and I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about myself. It only hurts the person who is dwelling on that and upset about it because it's kind of BS. Like, why is this guy getting this opportunity when he wasn't able, when he didn't do the things that some other people have done? Yeah. And so you could be, you could be salty on it, but it only hurts you at the end of the day. So I think it's better just to kind of root for everybody, and everybody has different paths, and some paths are harder than others, and you just have to try to be happy for them because otherwise you're gonna be, it's gonna be hurting you. It's not hurting them. No, not at all. That's the thing. So they're in, they're in your head. And you, we can't give them that space. It has to be, listen, I'm happy for everybody, good for them. That's it. Yeah. Look at Alex Pereira. Alex Pereira, because of, because of Adesanya, got a ride up. He didn't, rest, he didn't go against any wrestlers <laughs> or anything. He got a ride up to get that fight with Adesanya. Yeah. And then he made the most of it. Like, what's his record? Nine and one or nine and two? Yeah, and something two. like that. He is, Not and now he, he, he's going to go down as one of the greatest fighters ever. Like, he's a, a, a champ champ. Like but this then, is this is this is kind of crazy. Well, I guess he's not champ champ. He won in two different divisions. Yeah, but I just look at it like I respect that still. Like I can respect that hustle and that grind. But then if someone else comes in, if you ask me which guy is greater, the guy who went through the gauntlet and beat those guys, I'm like, yo, that guy's he's a badass. But this guy's the real badass. That's just the way I look at it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the other guy ain't a badass. Like, I I always thought of it by title defenses. That's the way I always, in my head, who has the most title defenses? I thought title defenses is the hardest thing to pull off. But then if you get to pick and choose your title defenses, and this then is it's like, it changes and, the conversation but then, again. but then we get salty because it's just not going to be Yeah, no one wins. We want. No and one this wins. game has turned into a business. Also, I could be salty, Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel is getting the fights that work for him. Up and coming. Listen, I had a great wrestling background. I was undefeated coming up. I was an undefeated world champion. They were throwing who, whoever was a tough test at me all the time. There was no like, hey, let's build up this kid Weidman. We think he could be a world yeah. champion. Nobody was given that opportunity back in the day. Now it's a public traded company. In my mind, that's probably why the big. That's probably why things happen like this now. Business and it's decisions. smart business wise. If you have a guy who you think has, is a top prospect and you think he has a, a potent, potential to have a big fan base, let's give him these setup fights to where he's going to grow with us. And then 
favorable matchups when it matters. Boom, let's get this kid the belt. Now we're going to have this country yeah. aligned with us. It makes sense. Now, inside of me, it's like, man, that's kind of bullshit. Like, they, they, but I'll be wasting my own time and hurting myself even thinking that way. So you just got to be like, you know, I'm happy for these guys. Good for him. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely happy for all these guys. I yeah. even say it every time. Like, I hope all these fighters who come through the UFC make a shit ton of money because yeah. I know how hard it is and that struggle, that grind, working two, three jobs, trying to get to where you want to be, and hopefully it works out, and it doesn't work out for everybody. Yeah. And, and there's money for everybody, right? <clears throat> yeah. There's enough money to go around. And I was just listening to somebody recently. It was, I don't know if it was a podcast or some Instagram meme or whatever it was, but it made sense. And it's kind of a poor man's way of thinking. I kind of grew up poor. You grew up poor. But I think it's most fighters kind of. And you you always look into like, all right, I got this over here. I don't want them. I don't want this dude over here taking what I have. So you kind of like try to take away from them and you yeah. try to build your thing. But the right way to be thinking is like, listen, there's enough money for everybody. The more Aljo's big, the more he brings the sport up, the more I could jump in. We're all making more money together. Yeah. That's like the way we should look at but it. But the way we are, just I, I don't know if it's the way you grew up or the way – it's just a human instinct to have that, like where you want to like bring other people down so it brings you up, and it's kind of like a hater mentality. It is a crab in a barrel mentality. Yeah, like you don't you don't need to do that. My my only, I don't want to say pushback, but my only thing that I say is like when people will start talking about conversation of who the best is, or, um, and I don't even talk like consider myself in the sense of like oh I'm the greatest of all time at bantamweight, but I I go like if you look at my resume compare who I fought compared to a lot of these other guys. I'm just like, if you're going to have this conversation with me, just know I'm going to stick by my guns and I'm going to say how I feel. And I'm going to tell you straight like how it is. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying with the Cat Williams, I feel him on that. And that's why I was trying to convey that to my boys. I'm like, I just don't think he's really hating. Um, but then there was one thing that he said. I was like, man, he kind of went out of his way to kind of say that. He didn't need to say that part. That was like an extra it dig. Nah, it was, uh, it was funny though. But it was okay, just like yeah. his Cat Williams being Cat. But that part was a little salty for me. But for the most part, I feel like what he did on the Shannon Sharp interview, the little Shay Shay Club. What, yeah, yeah. That's the interview we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. that's the big one. Oh, he did um, other ones too? He did, no, no, no. But this was he just blew up out of nowhere. He was all over my timeline, like, what's going on with Cat Williams? Because a whole bunch of controversy, he talked and shit about a lot of people. Sharp, yeah. But again, I don't think it was really talking shit. He just called them out, like saying, like, these people aren't funny because when they were coming up, like, they're funny people, but in the sense of he was grading them on the criteria of how he grades himself. So I respect that. Yeah. He's not grading them as just like, like, you're just not funny. He's like, he's grading himself based on this, laughs, whatever, the, the, their metric. Yeah. In the same way, I grade somebody, like you were saying, title defenses. But I go, well, if this guy fought a killer's role to get to the title defenses, he gets burnt out and he gets to the title and he only defends it one or two times, but he beat all the other guys who are yeah. ranked. To me, that's still pretty adequate for me to look at that and be like, well, this guy. It's kind of like the career. Khabib argument. Yeah. It's like people say, is he the greatest lightweight of all time? I'm like... There's a debate there because he only fought X amount of times. And I feel if you roll the dice more than somebody else, there's just more chances for you to become unlucky. And I think that's the best time. I don't want to say lose because Khabib was one of the best. But to say he was as active as anyone else and to come back. How he, many title defenses did he have? I think three. Um, okay. Gaethje, well, he won He wanted the vacant belt with Al. Then it was, uh, I don't know, they're not in order. Poirier, Gaethje. And did he fight all of there? No, it was, no he, it, he finished with Gaethje. He the finished with Gaethje. Was, that was a triangle. <clears throat> uh, Poirier, rear naked choke. And uh, I'm not sure if it was, it was Charles Oliveira in there. I'm not sure. I think there was one more. I'm going to try to fact check it. But yeah, like, and, and I don't, uh, 
He's unbelievable, but I agree with you. I just think you're taking more risk. Um, not to at some point you McGregor, lose. McGregor. How do we forget that? Oh yeah, yeah that's, that's <laughs> the biggest one, probably <laughs> the biggest fight of all time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we it forgot too, the McGregor. It's too fight. obvious. Yeah, but going back to what you were saying, the criteria that Cat Williams is judging these comedians on is the criteria that he judges himself on. So it's very high level. And I was actually talking to DC about this because we were talking about one of these up and comers. This is. Maybe Shafkat before he was fighting Wonderboy. I'm like, do you really think he was that good? Like with the Jeff Neal fight, he got hit a lot, man. Like, do you like? <sighs> You're speaking my language. So I'm I like, the same I don't thing. know. I see the weaknesses. I'm like, because in my head, I'm like, is he gonna be a champ? And is he gonna be a champ that like is able to hold up in title defenses? And that's the way I kind of judge people. And in his credit, he's like, you can't like someone could be a killer and not be, become a champion. Yeah, like they could still. This, up for you. this? Yeah, the, the you can slide the whole desk. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's right. Like, I, I'm always judging people based on, like, all right, are they going to be a champion? If not, I'm like, eh, they're okay. They're good. They're great. They're yeah. tough. They're, they have great abilities. Uh, but if I see weaknesses that could be exploited, uh, and, I could, and I'm like, uh, uh, is he really going to become a champion? Like, oh, if he faces a good wrestler, uh, I think he's in trouble. Or if he faces a good striker, I think he's in yeah. trouble. Uh, I'm like, you know, I'll play that in my mind. So... I could be a little harsh too with the way I look at fighters. Yeah, the way we judge people, yeah. and it's not saying that they're not good. It's just yeah. I'm just looking at them in, in the purest way of competition against their challengers, their potential opponents. Yeah, I'm like, well, how would he really do with everybody else, <clears throat> and how long could he actually stay on top? I mean, they once once upon a time, Jan was supposed to be the next coming of Christ for the bandweight division, and now I'm not saying his fights weren't close, but except for the Marab, that was a one sided whooping, no. but. I even think mine was, I mean, split decision, whatever. I'm not even. I just think it was, it was a dominant one, though. It was. I thought it was dominant yeah, it in the sense of like, win. well, scorecard if, dominant. Yeah. If you, if I didn't do much, then what did he do? That's all I was saying. It was like, yep. but whatever. Um, I just think when we when we look at that, so this was my whole argument. Just like I, I didn't know if he was really a hater. I just felt like at the end of it, I did say like I, I think he could have done better just building it up and been more PC about like. Listen, man, if you're going to call somebody one of the best, they need to have sold out shows. They need to have headline shows. They need to have done X amount of things for them to be in my category of one of the best. Mm -hmm. I think he could have went about it a little bit better, but he just went the cat waves around. Yeah, it, well, and that's why we're talking about it. Yeah. Look, this is the Everyone's whole beginning of the segment right now is because he wasn't PG about anything. Yeah. He was just, or PC about anything. He was just as real as it gets from his perspective, yeah. unapologetically. <laughs> This is what he thinks, and that's what you want from people: is just honesty. Just this be, just, just be right honest. How, yeah. <laughs> with, how little, much, with a little turban on his head. You know, just like, how much whiskey did they drink? That Shea whiskey. I, I need some of that. They did a great job propping that up there. <laughs> a little cognac. I gotta get. Some, need, I want to try to support. We need some of that. We need some of that rum. The funk harbor. We need that funk harbor. Yeah, I gotta talk to my guys, man. I'm like, yo, man, you guys are dragging your feet. We gotta get this thing launched. It's, we're supposed to be ready to take online sales. Is literally the label that we're waiting for. The new label. I'll tell you one thing, me, my whole community that I live in, everybody drinks. And we will definitely, everyone's going to be buying some Funk Harbor for sure. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be good, man. I'm telling yeah. you, I don't, like, you, did you try it? You had it at the dinner, right? I had, I, it was really good. Smooth. That was like, smooth. I was like so and happy. I, everyone and then I went to it. Jamaica and I tried some of their best rum out there. And I'm telling you, yours is right up there with the top, yeah. the top rum they have in Jamaica. Yeah. There's some legit rum you got there, man. That we just gotta get the sales going. We yeah, gotta get, we gotta get that label made. And speaking of runs, I got some down here. The when we did our tasting test, um, but yeah, that was my whole thing about Catwins because it was such a big thing. I was like, yeah, I feel like we kind of have to talk about that because the whole world is talking yeah, about it. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I yeah. told my boys at the end of it, at the end of the conversation, I go, 
I can't believe we're sitting here talking about another man's play. I feel like we're in high school again. It's like another man's drama with his high school community friends. Like that's what the world has become. And, and social it, media. Th- and did he did he hurt Kevin Hart? Did he hurt Tiffany Haddish? Did he hurt <clears throat> P. Diddy? Maybe. But people are talking about him right now. You well, know, he talked about Ludacris. Ludacris, him and Ludacris yeah, 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 went in and got, a, and got a deal, and he came back and he said, <laughs> "One he guy said, had to get." I want to make sure I leave with a virgin booty hole, <laughs> <laughs> and never suck the penis. I was yeah. like, "Yo, bro, <laughs> yo!" And while he's, Sharp, while he's rubbing yo, his leg, you like, know what was funny to me was Shannon Sharp's body language during it because he was he's so damn big and. And but he, yo, he was so uncomfortable. He was just trying like he didn't even know what to do with his big old body. I, He's like, I, I think he was trying to be neutral. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. like still like yo, this is funny. How can He's you not laugh? Like a little girl, but it's also hilarious. like yo, this guy's crossing the line. There's a lot of people who are gonna hate us after this yeah, interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was good. I liked it. It was, it was raw. Yeah. Um, but let's let's parlay this into the John Jones Tom Aspinall tweets. Mm. Jake, we're gonna need you to put this on the screen for people to see in case they did not see it. But pretty much. Aspinall was kind of getting at John saying like, yo, here, he did like a conversation tweet, like me, Jones, community kind of thing, and me again. Yeah. It's like, in order for you to build your resume, you got to fight great people. And then here I am. Well, I'm trying to fight the greats. Steve, I'm trying to fight you. Yeah, I am the interim yeah, champ. Yeah, yeah. He can't get a fight with either one of them. Yeah. So what's he supposed to do? He's like, he's showing how much respect to John. And I think that's cool. But I, I think in the same breath, Aspinall has a point. Like, they're both right. Neither one of them were wrong. Like, John might retire after this next fight. So, yeah. I don't know. That's how I feel, at least. Yeah, um, I think they're both right. You know, um, Aspinall did a great job in his last fight. He won the interim belt. And when you win the interim belt, you feel like you're supposed to be fighting for the unification in the next fight. Well, those are the rules. And to have John Jones <laughs> as the title, as the guy who has that that that, that belt... Like you're thinking you're fighting him next, and that's like the biggest fight of your life. So he's so excited about it. But the problem and is, name. it's not. Yeah, it's going to do the most for his resume. It's a huge opportunity for him. But the thing is, it's probably not going to happen. And I, I feel don't think bad it's for ever going to happen. I feel I bad feel for him bad too. For but him. he'll be fine. He's going to have to find his own way. He's going to have to fight Cyril Gan. Okay, he's going to have to. He's going to have to. He's going to have to defend his interim belt, which is the only person I never known. Only person I known that's defending his interim belt. Do you know who that is? Wait, wait. Whoever defended it into a Who's defending? Hennon Burrell. defended his belt twice. Who beat Hennon Burrell? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Hennon Burrell. Shout out to him. At one point, he was Dana. Dana Another was saying killer. he was the greatest of all time. And, and then, then and then all of a sudden, he sucked. You and know? then TJ beat him. I'm, and I'm not saying he actually sucked. I'm saying the people's perception was all of a sudden he sucks because he started losing. And people forgot what he accomplished. Well, he lost to Dillaroids twice. I mean, and then true. he lost to me right after. Yeah. And then after that, it was kind of like, all right. You kind of lose a little. Yeah, he lost, he lost some steam for sure. When you're in the top of the top of the world, I don't know if he was undefeated or not, but he was. I think he had one loss. He went on like a 25. Or did he lose? In, he didn't streak. lose in the UFC. He was undefeated no. in the UFC at least. And he might have been one of those guys who lost like his one first. His first, second, I think it was the first or second fight. Just like Anderson Silva lost his first fight ever, and, and then just, and then became one of the greatest. Um, which is crazy how you could you know parlay wins together after losing your first like that when you're making no money at all. Like, yeah. eh, you're like I, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Am I gonna be good at this? Like <laughs> my coaches said I was good, but I just lost my first fight ever. Like ah, so, props to them. But I wonder um, if they're still hiring at UPS. But maybe unfortunately, UPS is a good job. No disrespect. For unfortunately for Aspinall, <laughs> he's gonna have to kind of like go backwards in his mind a little bit because I'm sure in his head he's got John Jones, he's got Steve Miocic, these monster names. You got the goat of the heavyweight division in most people's eyes, and and, and the goat of MMA, probably. and then you got the goat of MMA and John Jones. 
These are two big money maker fights for him and huge for his legacy. And guess what? He ain't getting out of one of them. He was, he, was, crazy. He, he just was able to look at it. So this interim belt, John Jones makes it, he has a good point, man. What is what does it mean? Does does he get percentage of pay per view? Is my question as the interim champion. Yeah, yeah, you do. Which he does. So hopefully he gets put on a good card. It's not going to be the biggest fight ever when he <laughs> I think fights Cyril Gan or he might fight the guy Almeida the. Um, the, the big oh the heavyweight guy yeah I would say Cyril Gan's the bigger name tough fight both super athletic on paper I think those guys might be the most technical heavyweight fighters we've seen in a long time on the feet on the feet I would say on Cyril Gan we've seen <laughs> some some issues there on the ground John Jones made that clear but, but isn't that crazy because Cyril Cyril Gan hit a heel hook in the UFC dropped back for it and got it. And then John just kind of just made him look like he doesn't know how to defend a guillotine choke, so which in, is crazy. In, in my head, so we've seen John Jones. I was talking to DC with this earlier, actually on his on his show. DC said himself he's been in that same position with with John Jones, and it's tight. But like, fight the hands. He's felt it before. You know, you're in. It's like a tight front headlock. It's a little choke. Fight those hands, and you get it right back to your feet. It sucks for a second, but yeah. you you fucking fight through it. He goes, man. Cyril gone like. <clears throat> He felt that, and I think it was the moment. He's fighting John Jones. All of a sudden, he's on his ass. All of a sudden, he's in this tight ass choke, and he think he, he's like a panic. Like yeah. this is this moment's too big, because now to get back to my feet and create distance and get to where he's comfortable, that's a lot of work. And what if it doesn't work? Maybe he's not as good as he thought he was. Oh, I love that man. You know what I mean? But that's I think a lot of things that was probably going through Cyril Gunn's head at that moment. It was that type. But you, you don't get back. chills talking about that. Thinking I do, about I that, get, I do get chills. Putting your like, I'm putting myself in Cyril Gunn's like position. Like it's a bad position. Don't look good for me right now, and I'm able to get out, or I'm feeling the pressure. Like you just feel like you should just cave in, but there's got to be another side of you that flips that switch. Like, nah, bro, we didn't come here just to come here. We came here to like. These are the mental battles that over. we go through in the octagon, man. It, you could do everything right in training camp. I'm getting chills right yeah, now. Yeah, I feel that. But all man, of a sudden, you're in nuts. those positions, and it's really the crowd. a position that if you're not in for the first time, it could be very overwhelming, you know. And I, I think that's what got him. But now he had the experience of that. He came back in his last fight. He got a finish, I think, in the second round. Spivak, I think he he finished. Yeah, that wasn't. It looked great, you know. Was it a favorable matchup? Probably, but no, because <clears throat> Spivak got him down. The fight's over. But because of the athletic ability on the feet. That was the favorite. The favorite. I don't say favoritism, but that was uh, his advantage. Yeah. What does Aspinall? Like, what does Aspinall and Sario Gan look like in your mind? Uh, I think Aspinall's better on the ground. Yeah. I absolutely. think um, the better kickboxes is gone, but I think the better boxer is Aspinall. Not by like a landslide, but I think when he does when he does throw his punches, he looks a little <clears> bit more crisp. He's clean. He's throwing like combinations. A, yeah, like a boxer. He looks like Sario Gan's almost like a Wonder Boy. <laughs> He just touches one, one shot out, yep. one shot out. He's not in the pocket throwing like three punches. You know that would be his weakness, I think, inside the pocket. I always say dark skinned people fight pretty. We fight. We I fight. mean, the Black Beast, Rosen Strike. I mean, there's some exceptions. Yeah, but there's some people who don't. We're not really trying to get in there and like trade them up. We're just trying to either take you out, want to hit a quitter, or we're staying on the outside. I ain't trying to get so in. Are the you mix. trying to say you're smarter than the white people? Or no, just I'm just more saying athletic? we're just we just don't like to do that. We're like damage. Nah, you see like <laughs> you see like Darren Elkins. You're like that guy is crazy. You see some of these other guys who are in there like their faces falling yeah. off. I'm like, bro, 
I ain't fighting like that. There's no, there's no black dude with <laughs> damage on his chest. No, and just in there to get his face ripped off. Doesn't exist. <clears throat> you ever see DC that. fight like that? You don't see John Jones fight like that. The only time he had to. No, well, DC, his, DC um, did bring it, and he got in the pocket. He wasn't afraid to get punched. He brought. He was. He, but he wasn't going to sit there. And he be wasn't. Like, I'm going to take one to get a like. You know, he's like doing the zombie, and then he grabs you. He's going to throw something hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm saying like I'm going to sit in the pocket, and me and you're going to figure out trading punches, slipping and ripping. There's not a lot of us that's sitting there doing that in MMA. I just don't I don't see it. We're well, honestly, and I'm not even going to make it pretty. to a race thing, but there's there's athleticism and there's and then there's athleticism. And if you don't have the same athleticism as the guy you're going against, you kind of have to you make it fight dirty. like a dog. You have to dog it up, and you got to bring him <laughs> into the dog pen. You, you, know? you know, I've always heard this in college wrestling. Um, he's chocolate. He's going to melt. You know, you know who told me about that? Tion Ware. Remember him? He was a at least a multiple time national champion from University of Oklahoma. He always found a way to win, and and I trained with him at a, like the Olympic Training Center once. I met him one time. Yeah, I did meet him. Super one time. talented dude, very good wrestler, but he would win like close matches. Yeah, like three two. He always found a way to win, and he said to me, he goes, "Yo, you don't you think my you think my headgear unbuckled every single time in that third period on, yeah. on accident?" <laughs> Goes motherfucker, chocolate melts. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, I've melts. never heard that before. Well, I heard someone say that in the middle of my match for yeah. the first time in college, and I was so like, I was like, oh my gosh, what does that mean? I think I know what it means, but that, <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. But let me tell you <laughs> something. That that's BS too. There's that's 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 not real. Like you don't melt. You got no. great cardio. But, Neil Magny, great cardio. Um, then, I mean, there's a million, there's, there's tons of them. Anderson but, Silva, great cardio. If I'm being honest, I, I feel there's more Adesanya. more of us that do get tired. It comes to explosivity. Yes. It's lactic acid. It's science. If you're super explosive, you're going to fade. You're going to yeah. fade. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you get guys who are very explosive. There's a toll that comes with that. You can't be that explosive and also have the cardio of a guy who, who's not explosive. So there's there's benefits. You know, there's pros and cons. Yeah. And I, I would always have to try to manage my gas tank because I knew where I could explode and when I had to like take my time because I'm like, yeah, dude, I ain't trying to be chocolate melts right now because yeah. the last thing I need to do in a fight is when you feel the pressure. And I've had that happen moments where I'm like, just keep moving your feet. I'm talking to myself yeah, where I'm getting yeah, like yeah, the Pedro yeah. Munoz fight in that third round. This is when I first started really struggling to make 35. Like it, the Jimmy Rivera fight, I struggled a bit, but it wasn't as hard as the Pedro fight for whatever reason. It's like my body just hit like a wall and just changed after that yeah. weight cut with Jimmy. And then after that, the output was crazy. We set the record for like a three-round fight. Mind you, I trained for that, so I expected all that. But yeah. then when I'm in there halfway through the second round, I'm like, yo, if I don't just keep swinging and if I don't keep moving, I'm going to get caught with something and I'm going to get put down because I'm tired. It's not yeah. even like the guy is better than me. I'm just I'm getting exhausted from beating him up, one. And then two, because... I'm just getting tired. Like the weight cut's getting hard. So I, I do, I do, I don't fully agree that chocolate melts, but I feel like there's a lot more of that. Because we there's, see. there's probably more black people with more explosive muscle tissue. And like, more, that's and, why black dudes jump higher. Like you type two muscle fiber tissue. I um, think I'm not a scientist. On an average basic. I know some, I I know some white dudes that make me oh, my hop stone. Look at Christian McCaffrey. Like yeah. there's some freaks. There's yeah. some white dudes who are super explosive and guess what? They get tired. Look at, um, it's just a, yeah, different look at, the way uh, your body's. Yeah. Made. It's just like, uh, there's tons of white dudes who are super explosive. Just yeah. More explosive than black dudes. It's I just, just think ratio wise. Growing from be. Unidale, you're coming from Baldwin. Yeah. We're like neighbors. Yeah. We predominantly see black folks. Yeah. Right. So then we see what we see and that's what we judge our perspective on. Yeah. Then when we get out into the real world and we see all these different other places, I go, Russ, I'm like, 
Well, I kind of see that with this too. Like he's yeah. tired, he's exhausted, and then you kind of open yeah. your mind because you, you don't want to stereotype off of just our two towns or yeah. like the the black people we were around because there's a whole world of black, white, Spanish, and everyone has all different types of bodies. So it's like yeah. it's hard. I was just saying, like as you travel, you know, you and you and, get more open minded. It's like you can't put people into a box as and, much as you'd like to. Am to, I a bad guy for this? Clear. No, I'll go to I'll go for a wrestling match, and I, when I was coaching in high school, and I, I might get I hope I don't get canceled for this, but when I'm coaching and I see like my guy who's like not very muscular put together and I see a brother or a Spanish dude, whoever it is, and they're jacked. Or a white guy. Or, or a white, white guy in there. And I see that they're jacked. It's usually black though. <laughs> uh, that's right. <laughs> if he's some, some jack kid, I'm just yeah, looking yeah. at my guy. I'm just like, yo, he's going to get tired. He's going to get tired. I'm telling you right now, the first round, you got to weather the storm. He's going to come hard. They're super explosive. He's going yeah. to shoot. He's going to try yeah. to blast you to your, to yeah. your back and try to finish the match. You got to break You got to hold on to his wrist. Yeah. Slow him down. Make him work hard. Frustrate him. Find the line. Go out of bounds. I'm telling you, if you get out of the first period, it's a match. Yeah. And more yeah. than likely, more than a lot of times, if they didn't get pinned, I was correct. Because yeah. it was just yeah. like, again, I'm looking yeah. at the genetics. You're I'm looking at the, I'm like, I guarantee yeah. you this kid is probably just, just think he's really good, really strong, and probably doesn't run and do all these other things to get in shape. So I'm like, so I'm just saying, I'm trying to justify it now. I'm like, but this is where I'm looking. No, like, yeah, 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 I no, think no. this kid might get tired. I'm I was, I was, I'll house. tell my son the same thing. He's going against a super explosive dude, whether he's white, black, Spanish, whatever. You could tell right away. Athletic, moves well, fast, explosive, super strong. First period, don't get pinned. Yeah. Stay strong. <laughs> and then show toughness in that second and third period, and you'll you'll be surprised how many people will break. Break him in the third. 100%. That's because if you feel like the guy has an advantage in the first, all right, let's get to the second and third because now you have more room for, for uh, to, to win, more and opportunities. I, and I can always tell based on the guy's warm-up. When he's on the side, he's bouncing and he's looking So you like, might get me fucking <laughs> – I'm going to get canceled. Yeah. Right? Like, you're killing me right now. <laughs> when you get a guy bouncing around, he's looking, he's – Yeah. And I'm just like, nah, son, this kid looks crazy right now. Yeah. This kid looks crazy. <laughs> I got to make sure I'm ready but for everything. You're doing that? There was a dude from Uwindale back in the de day, Antonio Baguiz. I heard about him. He's the one that killed he – killed, Yeah, he, yeah. Killed, he, he, killed, he killed somebody. They partied in his house. Yeah. He, he killed the guy and partied he, in his house. It was a guy. Yep, it was his friend. Killed the dude in his house. Blood on the walls. He painted the walls. Hid the body in the backyard. All of a sudden, the body started stinking. And he was at that kid's house. Sick. His parents, his, 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 he, and he told all the friends, oh, yeah, he's on vacation in Florida. He's with his parents or something in Florida. Meanwhile, he killed the kid, and his body's back in his backyard. Decomposing. And it's decomposing. It's starting to smell. He threw it in the East River. But the cops came to the door, and they knock on the door. Antonio Pegues there, like, hey, have you seen, you know, Jeffrey Ep Epstein? That's <laughs> 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 just like a normal thing. Yeah. And like, he's like, yeah, oh, he's with his parents in Florida. They're like, no, he's not. And they're like, do you mind if we come in for a second? He goes, yeah, no problem. As they walk in, they see paint cans on the side. They see the wall, like, half covered. Like, you know, like you could see, like, paint trying to cover up blood. Bro, like, cool. yo, I think we got to take you into custody. But anyway, this dude was on my state team. He was from Uniondale, so he's from your town. He was crazy. But I remember him warming up. And it was like that. Da -da, da -da, da -da. I'm like, this dude. And he's doing, like, I'm going to dominate everybody, like, doing weird mannerisms on the mat. And he ended up becoming a killer. He was a good wrestler. Though. I heard he was a Crazy. really damn good athlete and a really good wrestler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cassette. It's I put it on. I put it on in practice, though. Sorry, Pagis. <laughs> yeah. Did you really? He probably doesn't have a mic to talk back, but yeah. Oh yeah, I put it on in practice. Yeah. I think he's still in jail. He, he probably should be. Yeah, anyway. but like we were saying, come back to full circle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think any one of these guys are wrong. I yeah. just, I th this is my problem for As Aspinall. 
John Jones is saying he should do this, and I agree. You got to carve out your own way with you. I'm saying I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe he needs to do that. But then if the two greatest guys at their age are deciding to retire after they do fight. John Jones is not saying that, though. Just <laughs> I, heard, I heard he said that in an interview. No, he just said, I just seen on a recent tweet, I am not saying this is going to be my last fight, but this See, is what I'm deciding on doing now. But yeah. this is what he was saying. He was like, he was like, I might potentially retire. He kind of said like, Paraphrasing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might potentially retire you. What are you talking about right now? Like, yeah. I'm going to get the fight that I want. Yeah. And I feel bad for for Aspinall because I'm like, what's the man supposed to do? Like, who else is he going to build a crazy resume against? He's going to have to go on a crazy run. Yeah. John Jones beat legends. Yeah. He beat all, at 23, he beat all, yeah, they might have been older guys. They were calling them dinosaurs. But they were still killers. They were winning at that time. Vidor. Yeah, Shogun. Shogun, oh, yeah. Sonnen. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the Machida. list goes on. Rampage, uh, Jackson, Rampage, uh, not Rampage, um, Rashad, Rampage. Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans. And he just, he killed everybody. Stefan Bonner, RIP. Like, he fought a lot of good guys, a lot of legends, a lot of big names, where I feel Aspinall's not going to have that opportunity to build his resume mm -hmm. and against meaningful fights, unless people were like later yeah, on, they're going to find I will say this, man. This is what the UFC <laughs> does, and this is the heavyweight division. They're gonna build these guys up to where they're stars. They need to. Aspinall is gonna be a star. They're creating the, like even like John Jones said. Also, you know, it must be nice to become the king of England after four fights that you know with recognizable names. Well, he's a big name already because he won the interim belt. It was an MSG. When John Jones and Steve are gone, and Aspinall's there, and he's looking to defend the be his belt against these guys like a Spivak or Sariel Gan or the guy Almeida. They're going to make those guys big names. I hope. They're going to feel like huge fights. They're going to have to. And, but he's going to, because he doesn't have a legend that bounces to, 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 to like get him going early on, he's going to have to do more work than somebody that, you know, had those opportunities. Yeah. I mean, you look at John Jones. I think his second fight in the UFC was Stefan Bonner. How crazy is that? That was. Yeah. But now, th this is the other thing was back in the day, they would put the best guys <laughs> against each other. He also fought Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader has been a multiple-time Bellator. Yeah, two undefeated prospects. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. They, there's, there's tons. We could go, I, I could go through so many different names of guys who fought before they had the belt, became great champions, and, but the people that they fought up until that point, they were the best guys at that time. You might look back now and look at the resume and be like, that oh, guy was, must have been not. I mean, he fought Shogun. He fought this guy. Those were the best guys at the time. Yeah. And that's, that's what the guys would fight. There was no, hey, John Jones looks like a top prospect. Let's... Let's have him go against these guys who are gonna gonna like, you know, give him some experience before we get him into that title fight. Yeah, like he jumped right into the. Hey, shark let, tank. yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna struggle with strikers because he's a little green there. Let's you know just give him with subpar wrestlers. <laughs> there was no thinking like that. It was the best fought the best. That's what UFC used to be. UFC has evolved now to creating fighters and names and then parlaying that into huge money making fights yeah good matchups that, that that was my thing that we were talking about earlier is like yeah. I, I don't want to feel like i'm discrediting the guys who are getting the passes or the easier paths like i'm i'm happy for you just know that if you're going to compare our resumes just know it's just not the same yeah 100%, like what yeah. we had to deal with in terms of just getting to this position like you had to avoid all the tough fights where it's just like well we're going to give you someone who could beat you <laughs> yeah like we're hoping to give you someone that we that we would like to beat you and cool your Cool your jets a little 100%. bit. One hundred percent. Well, yeah, yeah like you said, went through you that see, like crazy. You don't see that no more. No, that's that's not happening. Um, and, and unfortunately, like for us, we're gonna have to be okay with that and be like, it's just the game has changed. No, I'm it's, comfortable in my own skin. Yeah, like, yeah. ain't nobody can tell me nothing. I'm like, yeah. 
But your resume don't hold a candle to mine. Like yeah. I don't care how many defenses. I mean, I do care how many defenses you get, but not even just O'Malley. Just in terms of anybody, like the, the defenses well, matter. Well, but with I O'Malley, think- that that's that's like okay. So he's fighting a guy that really probably didn't deserve the title fight, right? Like Marab deserved was deserved, number two. Yeah, you deserved the rematch. One, they're not giving that to you, which is Crazy. upsetting. Two. Marab, number one contender, they're not, not giving him it. the shot Crazy. because that's a terrible matchup. That's something that was never happening back in the day. Yeah. If it's a terrible matchup, boom, make that fight happen. People are going to want to see it. Yeah. See the O'Malley get crushed by this freaking dude from Georgia who's a savage machine. Let's see that fight. But now it's like, hey, Cheeto Vera and him, they're both kind of big names. They have a little bit of uh, history. Let's create that up. Uh, you know, Cheeto had just lost. Was it two fights ago? He, he just lost. Yeah, two, just uh, two fights ago. He lost to Sanhagen. Then he ba- he fought on the Boston card. Lost to Sanhagen, and, and I like Cheeto, but he lost to the Sanhagen pretty dominantly, right? He, very dominantly. And yeah. the Pedro fight, I think, was a split decision. And Sanhagen, who did he lose? Did he lose? <laughs> no, nah, he beat uh, Rob Font. So he's just kind of they he just beat kinda, Cheeto. They kind of painting tore, him out of the picture a little bit. Well, right? he tore his tri- oh, he tore his tries. They were giving him Umar. They were kind of killing him with Umar. So I'm just like, well, how do you give him Umar, and then? You give Cheeto like like it just doesn't make sense sometimes. But then, like you said, it's like depends who you are. We have shareholders now. They you got to just keep winning. My advice to all the guys out there: just win. Things are not going to go your way. You're going to feel like the whole world's against you. You're going to feel like the UFC's against you. Just know it's a business, and just keep your keep your nose down, keep grinding, and you got to keep winning. That is the good best things advice. will happen if you just keep winning. Don't let this shit get in your head because it's it's hard for it not to, but. That's the only way to get through it. It's just focus on yourself and continue to work hard and just win. Make sure, make sure you tell them one more time. Tell them. Make sure to freaking win. Make sure That's you, it. Just win. There's no better advice than making sure you take care of yourself. And I 100% agree with you. If, if you start getting crazy wrapped up in the other stuff, it, it drives you nuts and you get really butthurt about it, which you don't want that because then you're fighting with like like visceral. You don't really want to. You don't want to do that. You want to be... Be undeniable. Yeah. Make it. yourself, if you're, if you're like, damn, this dude's getting that, all right, make it so they're talking about you. And, and the, I mean, nowadays you could do it by talking, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm talking more about winning because at the end of the day, you need to win. You still got to win. That produces yeah. everything. Yeah, it's a crazy game. It's changed a lot. Yeah. Um, they put in, like, I guess, I don't really want to talk about this. Ian Gary calls out Kobe Covington. That's kind of like, I mean, I, I'm not into, like, the drama like that. I mean, no, we just talked about Cat Williams for Mad Long. Like, this to me is just if if they make that fight, I think it's a fun fight. I think it's a fun I fight. I give Ian Gary credit for that because he's gonna have to deal with a lot of shit during those press conferences yeah. in the lead up for that fight. You don't think he's gonna go super low? Covington looked terrible in that last fight. Oh, ring that looked like rust and age. What did he even bring to the table? I was what actually, happened to when he fought Usman, I was kinda confused. Obviously it was a good fight. But he he was known. And and the rumblings in the MMA inner circle was that this dude's cardio is insane and his wrestling is insane and he doesn't stop. Like almost like Marab. Yeah. He's gonna keep shooting. Even if you stop a couple, he's gonna keep shooting because he believes his cardio is better than yours. And he's eventually gonna get on top and, and have his way with you. Kind of like what he did with the Masvidal, uh when he fought Masvidal. When he yes. fought Usman, even if Usman's a great wrestler, if he really believed in his cardio, why not just shoot he wasn't shooting at all. There was no real takedown attempts. It was like you're just standing up the whole time. I think he didn't want to get tired from carrying Usman's weight with too many failed attempts. Well, that, so then his cardio, so then he isn't that cardio king like he wants everybody to believe. But as a wrestler, I think we both, I think you would agree with this. I think when you're shooting and someone keeps stopping your shots and they keep you there, 
and they're beating you up in that front headlock position, that's a little more taxing than shooting and them defending and getting back up. I think it's a little bit more pressure because now you're carrying the weight, you're getting punched, you're eating clock, you're losing, now you're getting a little bit more desperate. I think it's a little bit, even when you saw in the first fight when he shot in and hung onto the single leg, he got rocked, but he hung onto the single leg, he was trying to defend himself and keep his head underneath, but it was just one of those positions, you're, you're exhausted, you're trying to gather yourself, but you're getting beaten up in that position, the ref stops the fight. His mentality, his, the way for him to win is to do that though. But with other guys who uh, can't really but, wrestle as well. Yeah, but even with, I think even with Usman, everyone could get taken down. Look, Usman, we've seen him get taken down yeah. too. He I, need, no, I agree with you. He I need, think he should have tried you, you that gotta, approach. Yeah, I mean, because the stand-up approach, you know. That, yeah, they made it a striking fight, which was fun to watch. And even Osman, he didn't really shoot against him either. Like I, I think he was worried about getting tired, too. I know. they Both both these cardio kings were a little yeah. bit nervous. They had a lot of respect for each other when it came to the cardio. It's kind of like, well, I don't want really to want to Because when Colby Covington was shooting on Jorge Masvidal, he wasn't concerned when he was stopping some takedowns. Nah, because he knew in his head, my cardio is better than his cardio. He's going to have to work to stop these shots. Eventually, he's going to give up before I give up. Yeah. When he was against Usman, <laughs> it was the opposite. He was just, he, he, he wasn't too sure if his car was going to hold up with those takedown attempts and be able to still be able to fight and, and win a fight against Usman if he is tired. Yeah. Like, um, like I think about like if I fought a high level wrestler, a D1 guy, national champ, whatever. Yeah, like a Henry Cejudo. Like, but you know, he's a little smaller. But if I fought a guy who is like a, a more natural 45er, or, or more natural 35 or a little bit bigger, maybe a little taller. How would that look in terms of like my approach? But I feel like it would still be the same. I feel like I would still be looking to push forward and get takedowns. And uh, then this way I could work my ground to pound. Or if you turn to your knees, I take it back. That's that. I feel like that mentality, that game plan wouldn't change with anybody that I'm fighting. Because you have to keep that wrestling mindset, I think. Uh, like. You've been wrestling your whole life. You got to think, all right, in wrestling scrambles, your cardio is going to hold out better than the other guy's cardio. I hope so. Yeah. Well, that would be, <laughs> yeah. that, would, that should be the mindset, though, right? Like, you yeah. train hard enough. You, you did enough in the gym where, to where you tried to kill yourself in sparring, going for takedown after takedown. Like, I've seen you do it. Like, you're trying to get yourself tired in sparring over and over yeah. again by putting yourself in those positions. And if you do it enough and you believe in your cardio and you put more work in than the other guy, then you got to keep shooting. Yeah. I agree. It's it's a tough one. I, I I do like this fight though. If they do make it, I don't really want to talk about the the drama with this because the whole Ian Gary thing, his wife, and then Strickland, and then the thing with Strickland and Duplessis, like that whole thing that was just super toxic. I was like, man, this. <clears throat> well, both Ian Gary, I like Strickland to be honest, way more than I like Ian Gary, just based on what I've seen so far. <clears throat> I think I think Strickland is very um, self aware and honest about everything that he says and so i appreciate that i appreciate that he's real but when you start talking about other people you have to expect it to come back at you and now sean strickland is getting a lot of that right yeah. and now they know what actually bothers him this whole thing with his dad so yeah. he kind of gave gave that he showed he, he opened himself up he's trying to be honest with the world he's trying to help people you know people who've been abused by their you know family members and stuff like that it's a serious thing so he's he's being honest about his situation really to help other people and now all of a sudden it's getting used against him and that's just lighting him up on fire it's hard for him to deal with that emotionally but when you're talking about you know he's talked about other guys stuff like some personal stuff where i wouldn't i wouldn't personally cross the line i wouldn't cross those lines because i don't want that happening to me because I, I just feel like that's not where the sport should go. If someone's talking about my wife, man, like... I feel like it's different. It becomes different. It's not like just me, you're going to fight in a cage and that's it. It's like... You do a great job of talking shit, but you don't really get 
you don't try to hurt these dudes personally. No, yeah, I feel like you really do a good job of selling fights, talking trash, but also doing it like in a fun-loving way. I do it like high school, like we're, yeah. we're, we're yeah. in the cafeteria, bullshit and talking shit. Like, like you really shit. do a good job of separating yourself emotionally from the words that are coming out of your mouth. Like you could talk shit on somebody, but it's not like you mean like you're trying to hurt this dude. I think you. I think maybe because the way you grew up, like you, you guys would you would trash talk a lot back and forth. But we hurt each other. And if man. you showed, and you've we, showed that something hurts you, guess what? Now it's like blood on the water. Oh yeah, you can never show that. Yes. And so I, so you, you're used to being able to talk trash, and being able to take it, and some other people aren't used to that, you know, and and can't separate it. Yeah, because the stuff we said to each other growing up. If people, if there was ever social media back then, could hear any of the stuff my parent, my my parents would say to each other, yeah. my parents would say to us, yeah. my brothers and sisters, what we would say to each other, like toxic man, yeah, just toxic. dark toxic. We talk about each other's mothers. We talk, we we said some outlandish things where yeah. I'm like looking like how are we even related, like how are we family talking to each other like this. Yeah. This is just crazy. But yeah, I feel like that's why people say stuff. They think that it bothers me. Oh, he's living in your head rent free. I'm like, guys, yeah, you have no idea. That this literally just this is like a walk in the park. Yeah, okay. I, I think you you have a great balance with that. I can't I can't take it. I don't think I'd be able to take it as good as you do for sure. That's a gift to be able to handle that. That's why I don't really talk trash on my opponents too much because I'm like, man, if they come at <laughs> me like, if you actually come get personal with me, like I just want to fight you. Yeah, like, and I, like, like, yeah. I don't want to make it like that. I want I'm a like I said we were talking about before about being like being a purist. I want to go out there and see who the best person in the world is. Like every single time, I want to be the best version of myself, and let's let's see who the best guy is, and that's it. Like, but if you get when lose or draw, skin, see that make them fight see, where bad. Yeah, so I've never really got to that point. The only thing that the only time I've ever and I've talked trash. Now I've talked trash in fights. I've done it to like amp up fights. You know, you get pay per view points. Like you have to talk. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I like busting balls. You know, I love having fun. I can make fun of people. I can take it. Pretty good. Um, that's actually my fun, fun. Like it's like my probably favorite thing to do. But it, when it's when it's like uh, in competition, I just have it's just hard for me. It's hard for me. To do I, I always said I wish you get to show that a little bit more because yeah. I think people would find it so funny how effortless it would be for you to just kind of rip somebody apart without even like trying. You're just having a good time doing yeah, it. It's just, yeah, but it's funny I, to me. I, I need to do that. It's almost but, too late for that though. Yeah, <laughs> Bruno Silva. Just another Silva. I mean, what am I going to say about him? How many Silvas out there? I got to watch some tape do? on him first before I talk trash. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This is what they want me to talk about, them stacking 299. Speaking of 299, they just released some some fights. We got um, Poirier versus St. Denis. I think that's going to be a crazy fight. Yep. Um, I, I think... That's at UFC 299. 299 in yeah. Miami. Yep. I think that's crazy that... They're putting so much emphasis on this card. It's like, damn, where was the love? We're not, you know, when I was a champ, where was the love? I was, trying, <laughs> I was trying to get one of these cards yeah. like this, man. Damn. Well, Sean O'Malley was the numbers on your card, I thought. We did lower than Volkanovski and the other ones. Yeah. I'm just like, come on, man. I'm not saying it was terrible, but for us two, I thought it was pretty good. And I, I didn't carry the fight in the sense of I wasn't the A side, but I knew like in the sense of entertainment and who people were really tuning in to see. Probably, I would say, probably Sean. Yeah. But I think it was like such a compelling matchup that they wanted to see like how it was going to go. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But I don't think we didn't set any box office numbers that they were kind of hyping up. That was like, damn, man, I would have just chilled, chilled at home, took a little vacation, and then yeah. came back and fight later yeah. in the year or next year. But um, I do like the St. Denis fight. 
we you were saying earlier that Gaethje was like the first one to kind of take a step back out of the top five. Yeah, because and you now got we're like seeing that a lot more. You finally. got well, you got Chandler, you got Oliveira, you got Poirier, and you got Gaethje. Always in the top five. These four dudes are the biggest names in in the top five, and then obviously Makachev, but excluding the champion, <clears throat> these 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 four guys for the most part over the last five years have kind of been just fighting each other. There's yeah. been, so it's just the big was names. there, Khabib was there. Yeah, and so I think people started getting to the point: Are these guys still the best guys anymore? Or are they just the biggest names? Yeah. And so then Gaethje took that chance when he fought Fazeev. Yeah, he and, was and, and, that first and that's was a scary. that's a that's a killer right there for Zeev. So people are like, yeah, maybe Gaethje he can't handle these new up and comers, but he really, you know, he held his ground and showed, man, listen, we're still that good. And now the UFC's and it's smart with these big cards coming up, UFC three hundred, UFC two ninety nine. How long are these big name fighters going to be there? You need to start using these guys' names to, to build, build up these new up and comers. And so you got this guy Saint Denis, which most people don't know. The biggest win he has is against our boy Frivola. Yeah, I think. Um, he well, he was the only guy that was ranked. Tiago Moises, I think he beat yeah. too. But like he hasn't fought really the biggest names, you know, at all. And now all of a sudden he's fighting freaking Dustin Poirier. That's a huge jump. That's a big jump, experience and everything. And and he's been a big advocate of saying that he wants to be fighting for the BMF titles. He thinks he's like the BMF. He wants to put on a show standing and all this. But let's talk about that fight a little bit as far as the te technicalities of it. Man, Poirier is a freaking beast in the feet. We know Saint Denis has used his wrestling before, but he's kind of alluding to the fact that he wants to make fun fight, like make fun fights. Yeah, which would mean you're standing and banging with Poirier. Two I don't think his level. I don't think his level of stand up is on the level of Poirier. Respectfully, because respectfully, like when we he were hasn't watching been tape, there. he hasn't been there. Yeah, when we were watching tape, helping for Vola for that, I sent him some stuff, and I'm like, "Yo, dude, I'm watching this fight, these fights back. Like, yeah, I, I, I forgot how good he was, but then." When I go back and I watch and I start breaking down the technical deficiencies, I'm like, yo, there's some holes here that you could capitalize on. I don't know if Favola goes into like straight army mode and it was Veterans Day weekend, yeah, Veterans yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah. So I think he kind of went into like just an even extra autopilot. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's an easy mistake that anybody could have got caught on for separation. You drop your hands. But that's what makes Favola great, too. And that's why he had three knockout wins in a row. He goes for it. And especially against a Drew Dober, which was huge. A white dude with explosive power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another white dude who, yeah. who's going to get tired over the rounds because he's explosive. But he, you remember that fight with Bobby Green? Bobby Green was being super clean, touching him up the whole time. All takes his one punch. And then Dober had to just yeah. like absorb all that damage. He did. And then he landed the kill he shot. He did. But he that got, dude's always da he's dangerous. Yeah, that dude hits hard. The whole time. But then he, I was saying about the same thing. He has like, I just think his boxing is not going to be as clean as Poirier. I'm saying there's no. time for him to improve. He's got time. But I think Poirier looked great against Gaethje until he didn't. Mm -hmm. The first head kick he was able to block with one hand. The second mm -hmm. one came around, wrapped around his neck, and yeah. put him down. Yeah, uh, put him out. He actually hurt. He hurt if I, Gaethje. He hurt Gaethje with a head kick too. Was it a head kick? Oh yeah, he had. A, I'm not saying this the one that really wobbled him. There was a punch. But he know. hit. He hit. He had some nice high kicks in there yeah. on him. And uh, Gaethje threw like he threw maybe two. But it wasn't. It didn't look. That wouldn't be my biggest fear when you're fighting Gaethje. It would be leg kicks, and it would be the right hand. Yeah. It wouldn't be the right head kick. He said he never practiced that. And the first time well, he just threw it. And, and it, that was crazy. That was like, was that the same place Usman got knocked out? It was. I think it was in think, Salt Lake City. It was. And that's his what teammate. Are, what are the odds of that? That's crazy. I think it was a knockout head kick, almost the same identical head kick. It was the right hand to the same side, same side head kick. Like do no, but do, it was no, but punch. Leon Edwards was lefty, was southpaw, southpaw though. but it, it was, was still the same, same thing. Yes, yeah, it's a cross into the crazy, and then he did crazy. the same exact thing. It was like wow.
So I, I just think Saint Denis is going to need to to tap into that grappling. He's it's going to be hard for him, I think, striking wise. Like I'm not, I, he's got great left kicks, but he's fighting another southpaw. So that left kick is not going to be as openly available the way it was against the opposite stance, which is open when he's going to the body. Yeah. He was just spamming kicks at a point. I forgot which fight. Oh, the Bon Finn brother spammed the kicks to the body and then eventually he put the finishing touches on him. I was like, yo, this guy is dangerous. He don't he don't care. Yeah, he's yeah, coming yeah. in he's for He's a war. savage. No, he's a savage. But I just think if he tries to stand up and strike with Dustin the whole time, and he's got to be smart, touch him and move. But if he's looking for a BMF title, he's going to have to come in there and just swing them things. And I think that's going to open him up against a guy like Poirier. Poirier is like, very experienced in those type of fights too. But he's where's he at mentally? Best. He's older. He looked great in that last fight, man, until the head kick. But I'm with you. It's always a question mark, right? You get older. You just got you just got knocked out. Up and, and comer. Now you got this random up and comer. Is it exciting to fight this dude Saint Denis from Young, France? Younger than you, probably more durable <laughs> at this point in his career. You're coming off of a knockout loss. Like you got all these mental challenges. Poirier is still the cleanest boxer, I think, in that division. Like he's he's very clean on the feet. He's got great he's got great defense the Poirier yeah. shell right he's here he's got great defense man when he pulls his pants up he's though, you, know, you know but when we, he pulls his shorts but up but we've always <laughs> see, we've seen him struggle with kind of Wilton when it comes to the wrestling department you know we've seen that a little bit right we've, well obviously we've seen him with Khabib and, yeah I know so uh, Saint, you can, I'm going to say St. Denis is going to be going for takedowns I, I think, so. I think be, it would be smart if he wants to win yeah I don't think he can not strike with him I think he's got yeah, good yeah, head yeah, kicks yeah. that can put Poirier on his back foot a little bit but I think with the same stance, that's going to make things very problematic where it's not going to be as familiar as it was with his other opponents in that opposite stance. Like, he literally grabbed Favola's head. Favola got his head out of there when they broke out the clinch. He just reached up and just threw that head kick up there and just yeah, luckily well, for him. Favola thought he was out of the way. He thought he had Yeah, he thought he was gone. But he's a long-limbed guy. It, yeah. It's a fun fight. I think it's, it's going to be someone's getting, I think, put down. I, I just can't see that going three rounds. I agree. Um, and then you got Sharyukian versus, I don't know, that's Armin. I'm just going to say Armin. Ar Armin. Armin. Armin versus Armin um, Charles Oliveira. Yeah, man. Um, if if you go back and watch, and we talked about this the other day, but if you go back, back and watch Armin versus Makachev. Yeah. Armin, this is, uh, this is five years ago. It was, Armin was 22 years old, raw, taking, very raw fighter, green, I should say. And taking it off short notice against Makachev. Makachev looked great in that fight. That fight was crazy. The wrestling scrambles, the confidence that Armand had at 22 years old to wrestle with, uh, to wrestle with Makachev like that was and impressive. Down. And, and short notice. So first round was crazy pace. Second round is crazy pace. Third round, he's exhausted. Makachev is exhausted, but they both, but, but they're not though. They're still super dangerous yeah. and very good. That was a very clean fight. And I'm going to say, my point of bringing it up is that that dude, Armand, was 22 years old. Now he's 27. At that time when they fought, Makachev was 27. Now he's 32. In my eyes, in that fight, if you watch it, you could tell Armand was definitely way greener, but super athletic and a ridiculous prospect. You can see this guy being a champ in the making. They fight again. You got a way more, I think, the guy who's improved the most. Even though, listen, we just seen Makachev go against... Volkanovski the second time and have huge improvements. So he's improved too, but I think the bigger improvements are, are from a 22-year-old to a 27-year-old. With experience inside that cage now, 
knowing what it feels like to be in there with Makachev. He's hungry as hell to get back in there as he's seen Makachev become a star and him kind of waiting in the wings. Nobody, nobody even really knows who he is. Yeah. Now this is his first, first moment to really shine. It's against Charles Oliveira, which is probably a, one of the most dangerous fights he could have. I just I I don't know how the fight's gonna go. He's gonna try to wrestle. He's gonna try to Makachev his ass. I feel like he's gonna try to keep it standing. Armand. I think I think Oliveira is so dangerous standing too though. You but got I, some of those guys saying Oliveira is the hardest hitter they ever gone gone against. I think Gaethje. Gaethje said, said that. that was the hardest guy yet. I mean, is, I think he. Th I talked to him today on the podcast. We spoke to him on that DC on the DC YouTube. Spoke to uh, Armand. Armand. Oh, Armand. He he thinks like he's looking at jujitsu like I got wrestling. I know jujitsu. He's not tapping me out with any of that crap. He's one of those dudes like a sambo dude. Yeah, like fuck jujitsu. Sambo like, jujitsu doesn't like, work. Sambo. Yeah, he's he's kind of like that with his mindset, which is a good mindset to have. Because if you're wrestling a guy, you don't want to be like so nervous of his his guillotines and shit like that. You kind of want to go into it. Like if you're on a double leg and you start feeling a guillotine happening. The way to get choked out is by tr by second guessing yourself and then now trying to get out instead of like finishing it right, passing the legs as you're taking them down with the double. You know what I mean? Like really believing in your wrestling. And so if he goes in there really believing in it, it is hard to get submitted in the in the first you know five ten minutes of a fight. You know. Yeah, but the the diversity of attacks that Oliveira has is the question mark for me. And then. Islam did crack um, Oliveira on the feet, which is what led to the takedown. And then I think it was a takedown or a knockdown. And then he went to the head and arm choke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he looked great in that fight. But Oliveira was saying that, you know, that wasn't him in that fight. You know, we could give him benefit I, I, of the doubt. I kind of agree. I think if you just watch all his fights and then watch the way he fought in that one, you could kind of see, like, that that was not the best version. Yeah, I would, I would be excited to see that second fight. But then Islam is saying he doesn't really want to do rematches. So then I kind of feel bad. Makachev? Yeah, you said Mike. Okay. Islam, yeah, because he's like, I don't want to keep fighting the same challenges. I want to make like new experiences because I think he's trying to do the Khabib thing and have a couple more. And he's trying to say like, I'm out. Both of yeah, us, yeah, two yeah. brothers that train with each other, came yeah, up. Now yeah, we're yeah. both champions, retired, unde yeah. not undefeated, but for him, yeah, but yeah. on top, mm -hmm. which is a great storyline. But then he's like, he's gonna fight this one. Um, who's he fighting again? Um, Makachev. It's not set. No, he's, he's gonna be fighting Gaethje. Gaethje. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is it set? I mean, maybe they, it kind of one of those rumors and the leaks because if Gates, I think they the were mix, talking about in June. Yeah, and so the winner of Armand and um, and uh, Oliveira would probably fight in like November or something. Why does he always get those long of a break as a champ? Oh, Makachev. Yeah, why? Why do they get that long of a break? I know they got Ramadan in like I think April. Like I get that, but it's like, what if I want to just say, "Well, I need this." Uh, you know, life, life isn't fair, man. I but can, this is what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, you just no, gotta do with the cards that you have. It's just, it's, just, it's, it's not it, the same paintbrush no, for everybody. No, I know, and um, you can't overthink because you know you're gonna you're you'll drive nuts. yourself crazy. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, but um, I, I should have retired on the field. I should have I should have pulled a Khabib. He's like, I'm out. I got. I should. I should. Yeah. But <laughs> hey, undefeated world champion, gone. Boom. Yeah. I, I would have done the same thing Khabib did. That would have been actually pretty badass. Right now, I'm just like a washed-up fighter still fighting. Like, why are you fighting? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's well, it's crazy, though. That But that brings us to our point that we were saying before with Khabib being the greatest of all time. Picking when you decide to retire, like, is kind of important with how people look at you as far as your legacy. Yeah. You know, it, whatever you accomplish, I mean, listen, they can't take away what you accomplish. But if you if you show any chinks in your armor, if you start losing... Now, 
they they have people are going to be like, ah, he wasn't as good as we thought. Oh, he sucked or whatever. They have excuses. That's such a weird like our sport is. Weird I don't like that. that. I, I don't like that. that. That's BS. Yeah, I think it's not they, fair. It draws you into being like, all right, pick safe fights for yourself, and then just get out. But then you have the people who are like us who are like, well, he never fought nobody. Like you hear that about boxers all the time. Ryan Garcia when he's fighting Devonte Davis, Javante Davis, and he's like, you never fought nobody, and then he goes and fights him. And then you're a hater. It's, it's not as good as we thought that Garcia was gonna be. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You gotta do. It's crazy. Sport. In my eyes, man, like you gotta do what you love to do. You have the ability to to fight the best guys in the world. You're doing something that. 99% of the population would cut their arm off to be able to do, you know, accomplish go- accomplish things like we're accomplishing. If you have the opportunity and you could still do it, I mean, at some point you're going to be retired and you'll be looking back and you're going to have regret if you didn't just leave it all out there. Like Khabib, a part of me, if I was him, would be like, ah, what could I have done? Could I have got some more? I mean, like it's always going to be in the back of your mind. Yeah, okay, you only had three title defenses. And did you fight the best guys? Did you fight the best guys? But I think he's comfortable with like telling himself that I fought the best that there is at the time. But I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like I don't know. Whatever. Because yeah, yeah, then yeah. if we we say this, then we become. I had one guy on Twitter like coming at me saying like I was like against Dagestan people. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I hang out with people from Dagestan. Yeah. I love some yeah. of those guys. They're yeah. like really cool people. But the fans, the like the fans that don't train or don't. Those guys are just crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy on social media. Well, because they have whoever they're rooting for has to be the best, and you can't question that at all. If you question it, you're against them, and you're a hater. I was yeah, like, so, I don't think that's how the word. But that's hater not realistic. You, you're, you're allowed to have this is a, this is a, our country's all about free speech, and you're allowed to have an opinion. Yeah, and we're and, allowed to critique. And you, that doesn't mean you hate someone because you have a different opinion than them. Um, we don't have. A main event for UFC 300. I'm actually on that card, but I still think it's going to be possibly Conor going to surprise us and just be like, hey, I'm fighting this weekend. <laughs> I think not that close to the fight, but I think like in a week or two, he's going to announce it. That's kind of how I feel. Like, you know, he did that video. <laughs> he's just showing he has Chandler by the balls. Like, and, 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 you know, I'd probably be the ba- <laughs> I'd be the same way as Chandler. Like, wait, listen, that's the payday. He'll wait forever. He'll be like 75 years old waiting for this fight Yo, with Conor man. McGregor. He won't fight anybody else. Yeah. He's not letting this. He's not letting this one go. But do you he's see got him working out? Who? Do you see Chandler crushing the workout and kind of? Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah I see that. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, that's awesome. I, yeah, what a troll, man! I thought that but was so funny. Him coming out and saying it's going to be at 185 pounds. <laughs> it's going to be in June. Paul he's just and then Chandler's like, okay, I'm ready for June. He's just showing he has such dominance over Chandler. And then tomorrow he'd be like, oh, guess what? I'm fighting UFC 300 main event. And Chandler's like, wait, I thought we were fighting in June. Yeah. Like, wait, shut the fuck up. You got to do what I tell you, you to do. You do what you're told. Yeah, I think I think uh, he's just saying whatever he wants to sh- say. And uh, he's just messing with people. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if, because we don't have a main event for UFC 300 yet, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gearing up to be ready for that. I, I think that's going to be it. I mean, well, I mean, the June card 301 – 302, actually. I yeah, mean, that's cool. going to be like the International Fight Week card, June 28th. Yeah, but then it's just like, uh, you mean July? No, it's going to be June 28th. For International Fight Week? Yeah. They're moving it yeah, up? Yeah, it's, so, it's like earlier. July is too hot? <laughs> well, I think it just depends on when that Saturday falls. Yeah. So that is the 20th, yeah. Um, but we got this fight, the rematch, Ankalaev versus Johnny Walker. I mean, there's a couple good fights on this. Manel Cape, he's fighting Nicolau. That's going to be a really good fight. 
Uh, I don't know if you ever watched him fight, but the guy is literally just the Matrix. Watching him, him sparring the same way he does the antics in the cage, same way he's in the sparring. You throw a punch, you miss. He's looking off to the side. Really? He's like making face at you like. And so he does he back. train? He trains his extreme couture. He trains at extreme couture. Oh, okay. and he trains a lot with his head coach, who I forget his name, but um, he travels with him. That's um, featherweight, right? No, that's twenty five. Oh, okay. That's, okay. That's yeah. So that's, he's he's on the he's on the come up. But the Ankalaev rematch with Walker, I felt like that fight was shaping up to be a really good one, and then it got really weird really quick when they asked him where he was at, and he said yeah. the desert, and the yeah, doctor yeah. stopped the fight. Thought that was BS. Then they tried to fight each other the, yeah. in the. That doctor messed up another bout. I think that night. I forget which one it was. You remember? Um, there was another Tim one. Elliott? Was it Tim Elliott and Makayev? You might be right. The, the the it was it on, it was on the card fight maybe. Yeah, it was on I the card. See it, but or, I heard it was awful. It was, it was the, do one. the doctor, I think, is kind of who messed it up. Yeah, Not the there, yeah. I don't know if it was the LA fight. I think there was another one for sure though that got that was a little weird. But I mean, Johnny Walker, Anka Live. In my eyes, you got one of the most dangerous guys in Walker, who's kind of a wild card. He could just randomly throw up a flying knee out of nowhere. He's super athletic and talented, but he definitely has holes in his game. His striking is a little, uh, you know, it's not very polished. Defensively, um, at least. The, it's yeah, not his his punches are weird. If you watch him, you know, hit pads, it doesn't look great, but it's effective. But it's not like the way your coach would want you to, you know, strike. You know, it's he's not doing anything by the book, but he's unorthodox. So he brings that to the table. I would say wrestling-wise, not the greatest. Cardio-wise, not the greatest. Jiu-jitsu-wise, I would assume, is not the greatest as well. Ankalaev is just, a, in my eyes, a very smart fighter, calculated, sticks to, the, sticks, to the, sticks to the basics. And he's a good grappler, too. Yeah, I think he's very well-rounded. How crazy that he got submitted by Paul Craig with one second left. And he was dominating that fight. And he was bad, killing right? him yeah. the whole fight. That is crazy. But that's that, that goes back to that jiu-jitsu sambo conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if he was <laughs> a believer watch or not. Out. I mean, it's one thing to say it, but it's, it's another thing to believe it. Yeah. I think to believe it, that means you've had to go in there against some really top jiu-jitsu guys and have had no problem. Squish them. Otherwise, you're talking out of your ass. Unless like, they go inverted in donkey guard. You and, 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 you know, and to break down what Armand was saying to us today, he goes, listen, jiu-jitsu, if, if I go with Chozo Oliveira, just jiu-jitsu, okay, maybe it's tough, maybe he can get me, I don't know. But with ground and pound, everything changes. Yeah. And he's right about that. And it seems like he's confident with that, which is huge. I think he's 100% right. That fight could go, I know we're jumping back, but that fight could go, if he gets a takedown, it could be him stopping all the submission attempts the same way Islam did and him just chipping away, yeah. eating the clock, and now Oliveira gets tired and he yeah, gets yeah. Feel maybe a little mentally deflated. Yeah. And then he's like, all right. You know, Oliveira, when he's ready to be out, he's just like, some, like he's shown in the past, like, you know, when I'm done, I just feel like being done. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, that was kind of always the uh, the hiccup on him that people would bring up is that mentally they felt like he would kind of check out in some fights. Yeah. Whether it was a weight cut or heart, they would question his heart. And then he's he went on that run, and he said it was a lot because he had a kid and he had yeah. more to fight for, and he, he didn't really see that anymore. You've seen him in some deep, you know, uh, tough fight, situations, dropped, and came he just back. just pure toughness, you know. Um, so in the Gaethje fight, too. that's why that fight's gonna be interesting. Yeah, but um, yeah, the, I think Ankalaev is a very smart fighter. That fight with him and Blahovich was super weird, where it was just shin kicking him the whole time, calf kicking him, and then it was like. That fight was super weird. It was a draw, right? And that was for the was that for the interim belt? What yeah, the vacant, for? vacant. So you know what's crazy about that is that nobody won that fight, and then Ankalaev we kind of just forgot about. It. He like disappeared. They kind of UFC kind of he wasn't a part of title mix anymore. He they wasn't, hated him. They kind of <laughs> hated him because I don't know what he said. 
He did he kind of go at the UFC a little bit in post fight or something? I, I think he did. I think not, I don't know if it was the UFC or just in general the judges, but I think he I think he definitely said some things that they probably didn't like. Um, but he, I watched him train before. I'm the guy's a freak. I'm like, I don't I don't, I wonder like how he ever lost to anybody. I yeah. mean, Paul Craig obviously that was a crazy last hail mary second buzzer beater, yeah. and then the Blahovich fight. I thought he was going to take him down. I don't know if the moment got to him, but I felt like he didn't do half the things that I just thought he was going to be able to do, get a takedown, control him. But Bohovic is actually really good, so I don't want to discredit him. So I don't know. Well, the way I see this fight, I think you probably similar view is that Walker's dangerous. He, I, he could put anybody down. He's just that explosive and, and, and talented. But uh, the odds are definitely an Uncle Ives saver. He's yeah. just more well-rounded. He's probably the better fighter. And most likely will win, but anything could happen. Yeah, Johnny's just a big dude training with Kavanaugh now. If he connects, the guy's a freak. He's a freak too. He's a specimen, specimen himself. Yeah, I stood I mean, next to him. Him. I stood next to him. We took a picture. I had to go take put my shoes on. Yeah. He took a picture of me with my shoes <laughs> off. I go, bro, my, my, my friend, I gotta go get my shoes on when I take my picture. Did he have shoes off? He had shoes on. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't have done that. I'm yeah, like, yeah, come was... on, man, let's let's make this real. Like, I can't be with no shoes and you have <laughs> shoes on. You're already six foot five. Nah, he's a big dude. <sighs> he's big, it and was... and like he's tall as hell, and, and he's jacked. and he's. I don't know how he makes the weight. It's funny because I was saying to you, I was like, man, I feel like you should just go two hundred five again, and this time like. Lift puts put not I don't say put muscle on, but I feel like you were just as big as those as those guys. And then you told me it was like oh, I saw Johnny Walker, and I'm like, there's no way. And then I saw Johnny Walker again. I was like, I looked at you, I looked at him, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Chris, you got a point. Maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe uh And Jamal, bro, that dude's like walking around like two sixty. Right, he's huge. He's yeah. I wouldn't be able to get up to that weight if my life depended on it. Nah, at Jamal's least not huge. I would probably need two years of eating like crap and drinking like, crazy hey, amount of alcohol. He like, hey man, don't don't be talking about my weight. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm working it, I'm working. This is just my off season. <laughs> but uh we're not gonna talk about all these fights though, man. This is way too much. I think we got some some good ones on here though. Jim Miller's back taking on Gabriel Benitez, Ricky yeah. Simone, Mario Batista. That, Wait, Jim Miller's on this one? Yeah. I thought he was going to be on UFC 300. Nah, he's on the main card. He's uh, the third fight from the main from the main I, event. I thought that was like a big thing. He was going to be on, like, he wanted to be on UFC 300. Like, he asked to be on UFC 300, and then Daniel was going to make it happen. Oh, well. That's actually not confusing. His man. ass is on this card right I here. I wonder if he's going to, I think <laughs> maybe to... he's guaranteed on UFC 300 anyway. We'll see. Um, he's got a favorable matchup here. Nah, I think so, too. Um, Phil Halls is on this one. Oh, yeah. It's Bruno Fayetta. I think that guy's tough, but he's kind of like off the contender series. Andre Olovsky is fighting. Okay. So there's some good ones on here. Preston Parsons. Oh, I saw him at the PI. I was like, I've seen you fight, but I don't really remember who you are. Um, respectfully, he's a welterweight. There's a lot of dudes being out here now at the UFC PI. I'm like, oh, you look familiar. I just don't uh -huh. get it. There's so, many, there's so many fighters out here, like up-and-comers that – they look a little familiar, but I'm not really. I don't really know their names. Yeah, and it's two guys that I'm really looking forward to. Bantamweight fights. Marcus McGee, who fought my friend uh, JP Bays, he's fighting Gaston. Oh, I saw this guy today. I took a picture with like his girlfriend's uh, nephew, and Farid, the, one of the Bashar brothers. We were talking about them a little bit earlier. Oh yeah, they're yeah, both yeah. undefeated. Um, but he's fighting Taylor Lapolis. So Taylor Lapolis, just a quick backstory on him. He was in the UFC. He lost one fight. Where is it? His debut? Where is it? Um, right here. So 
he was in the UFC. He went one. He won his first. He won his second. He lost his third. He won his fourth, and then they cut him. So he went three and one, and they, they let him go. How did he win those fights? Split decision, unanimous. And one finish over Okasaki. And then he lost and let him go. Yeah, which is really weird. What weight is this? 35. Hmm. But then they finally signed him back, and he just beat this kid by unanimous decision, Colin LeRon, whatever, over in uh, Paris when they went to Paris. So it's kind of crazy, but he's been winning the whole time. He only lost one fight after that. And it's interesting how this one, because he's got an undefeated prospect in Farid, I think this is going to be a tough-ass fight, man. Because he seems like he's pretty experienced now. Because he's a southpaw, and he has really long arms. I think his reach is like 74. I might be talking on my ass, but let me double-check what it was. Uh, his reach, 73. That was mm. close enough. Yeah, that's long for you guys, right? Yeah, I'm 71, and, and that's like considered really long. Damn. Oh, well, Farid is 71 also. At least that's what it's saying here on topology. Yeah. Um, but this guy Marcus McGee He trains with um, Sean O'Malley too He's got like A similar Footwork style Like using the feints Moving And I think he's a Pretty solid dude I'm looking forward to seeing How he does um, Yeah I, I think it's a, a lot of good fights On this one I wish I was yeah. going to be able to go But I got to go back um, To New York Yeah I'll be ba- I'll be uh, Back in the Carolinas For that one And when do you go back? I go back tomorrow Tomorrow, like right after you're done the test? Yeah, I'm doing the test and I'm going to bring my suitcases with me and then I'm pretty much right to the airport. I'm going skiing Damn. with the family this weekend. And then I'm right into basically a training camp. Yeah, oh. I, I got to go back. I'm closing on my house and um, I got to take a piss. Friday. Can I take a piss real fast? Yeah, we're about to wrap anyway. Um right, let's wrap it. We're, we're, yeah, I'm closing the house Friday. <laughs> and then we got Uniondale against Massapequa for the conference finals. So I heard Uniondale, they, lose it. they lost to Kellenberg. I heard Calumbar is really damn good yeah, right now. Yeah, they're beating. They 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 should have beat Wantua, <gasps> and their kid dislocated their shoulder. If he would have just not dislocated his shoulder in the match, they would have won. <laughs> Can you just not get hurt? Um, I know. Yeah, because I think I think that's like an automatic six, right? Yeah, that's that's a big that's a game changer. Yeah, six points for the, the uh, twelve the point swing. Twelve point swing is yeah, crazy. Because yeah, yeah. um, I think he was supposed to get a pin. But then, yeah, we're gonna we have the the, the home match. At Unida High School, 6.30 p.m. I'm going to be there for that. And it's senior night. And conference finals, which is crazy. So nice, man. This is going to be a big event. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm hoping the crowds is packed out, man. I hope people come and actually come show out. So it's going to be cool to go back home for that. Closing on the house in Baldwin. So I'll be, nice, I'll man. Be a, yeah. Baldwin Congrats, resident. baby. Head into my uh, neck of the woods, man. Yeah. Baldwin, Baldwin's finest. And uh, I think that's it. Then going to Abu Dhabi. On That's Sunday. right, man. You excited about that? I am. Chase Hooper, good match. He promised yeah, not you, to what do you pull think guard in this? the first 30 seconds. Really? That's so, his promise? That's his promise on Twitter to the world. So after Especially if seconds, you're an MMA fighter. Like, I feel like you got you can't just pull guard, man. You like, if you're, if you're a fighter, like yeah. you, you have to see if you could do all right on the feet. You know what I mean? Like, right. at least test yourself. Get better on the feet. I hope so. I got to study a little tape on him. But mm-hmm. other than that, uh, I don't know if you got anything coming up or – well, no. I mean, I'm fighting. I'm fighting March 30th, Atlantic City, Bruno Silva. Yeah. One more time into the fire. Yeah. That's what I like to say. Yeah. One more time into the fire. Yeah. I like it though. That's good. I think it's a good matchup, man. I really do. Um, obviously, it just comes down to the mental aspect of everything. I think physically, like I, I think you still move really, really well. Um, you, you're killer on the ground. So I just think when it comes to the actual fight in itself, it's just. 
I mean, you got you got your feet wet. Obviously, the fight, the last one didn't go either one of our ways in Boston. Mm. Um, but I think this is a good way to kind of bounce back. And New York uh, people don't do good in Boston. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you Boston. Yeah, I ain't, got, I ain't going back. You still got the now. green hair though. You know, for Jamal, Jamaican people. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I feel like the Riddler. <laughs> I like it, man. It's some good or, swag right there. Or like the green Black Lantern. There you go. Or the Black Green Lantern, I should say. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, other than that. Chris Wyman, all his socials, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys hit that like button. Don't forget, subscribe. See you guys next time. Peace. Peace.